Welcome to Bottomless Rugby, the home of boys, brews and sports balls. This is the main event with Dr. Dup and Jason. We talk about the current hot topic of the week, touch base on interesting news and pick a boykey of the week. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Bottomless Sports Network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services. Let's get into it. Our other hot topic is um, we're going we're gonna to stick to the move north. Um, so South African Rugby Union, uh, Saru, has decided that, um, you know, the franchises are going to be heading north. Super Rugby, as we know it, is dead now. We've kind of seen this coming for a few years. The pandemic just, you know, pulled the trigger for us. Um, I think it's good, right? Super Rugby as a entertainment product has really deteriorated over the last couple of years and to the point where a lot of fans are just keen for something new. Um, so now Saru has basically said, right, we are going to be going north. Now we're going to be playing in an expanded Pro 16. However, there's only space for four SA franchises. So once again, the Cheetahs and the Kings are getting the short end of the stick. And, you know, like the Kings are out for 2020 already. The Cheetahs are likely going to be dropped, um, which then paves the way for, you know, the four Super Rugby franchises to go play and expand it Pro 16. Now, Jason, right, what's your general sense of, um, you know, the, the clarification that's been given now to the unions that they are going to be playing up north? Um yeah, what, what do you think about that? I think it's good because now they can focus on preparing for that and you know they can start thinking tactically how they're going to approach playing teams like Leinster and Scarlet and the other, other teams there and you know, change our focus away from Super Rugby, which uh, I think it's going to be a nice new challenge for them. Uh, it's a shame that the other two nations, other not nations, franchises are probably going to be dropped in with Kings and Cheetahs. Kings understandably based on form and finance. Cheaters are very unlucky, but depending on how things go, they still might have a chance to qualify. But as of now, it seems to be going, which I do think is a big shame, but I'm really keen to see Sharks playing up north. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually keen to see all our franchises play the Northern Hemisphere teams. Um, my, my big thing with this is I think it will do wonders for our player welfare. Like those Australasian tours, you're spending four or five weeks over there. You know, um, it's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of time away from family and friends. You know, for us going up north, it will likely be a week, two weeks at a time. Um, and the traveling time is less than half of what it is to go to Australasia. So just from that aspect, I think it will benefit our players a lot. And then also the thing for me is, right, so the last time we've spoken about this, we did kind of say that, you know, we would prefer if we got into the top tier competition of something like the Premiership. However, I do feel that if you add our top four uh, franchises, the Super Rugby franchises, that immediately the quality of that competition or the strength of it is going to be up to par with those other competitions. So we, including us, is likely going to elevate the quality of the competition, you know. 
Um, the Cheetahs were competitive. Uh, the Kings, unfortunately, they've struggled. And in all fairness, it's it's not really the Kings' fault. Um, like the way they were kicked out of Super Rugby the last time now um, and the massive player drain they experienced before going to the Pro 14 was unfortunate. So with our top teams going up there, I think the quality of the competition has gone improved to such an extent that it will rival the other ones. And it will open the door for us to get into the, um, is it like the Champions Cup? Um, kind of, kind of, you know, like like a similar thing to the Champions League um, where, yeah, there's big, big money to be, to be won. Uh, and I think our franchises are good enough to qualify for that and get a lot of money to come into their systems. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, Super Rugby, it's an unpopular opinion uh, in general, but I do think Super Rugby level competition is equal to that of, or maybe just the, under that of the European Championship. So, and I think, you know, South African sides could do very well if they don't have that travel fatigue factor as well, because that's going to improve their form when they play. So, you know, I could realistically see a top two sides currently, Sharks and Vietnam. Like being pushed into that European uh, Championship and at least making semi-finals, and I think it's it's going to add something new to the competition as well. Like for them to see like Saracens playing a new South African team, I think it's going to add a level of intrigue that wasn't there before. You know, eventually when Saracens get back. Yeah, I actually think even the Northern Hemisphere fans would be quite interested to see the South African sides coming to play their teams. And to see how their teams are gonna gonna fare against us, right? Because um, we have really strong franchises. Um, I mean, they compete compete with the best in Super Rugby, quite frankly. So, yeah, I think we will definitely be able to go up there and club a few of those teams. Uh, the playing style definitely suits us, right? So it's it's not like it's gonna be a major shift in in the way the game is played up there. Uh, in fact, I think, you know, it's prime for us to just walk in there and go and dominate, you know, especially the Sharks. I think the Sharks are in a brilliant position. And I kind of feel that the brand of rugby that the Sharks playing, they won't be used to that. Like the Sharks, the, the Sharks have found a really good balance between, um, you know, strong forward play and counter-attack rugby. Like we don't really see that up north. Um, we, we more see a bit of a ground and pound up there. Uh, which I think is ideal for a team like the Bulls and Stormers to walk up there, you know, and just use their forward pack to to, to dominate the team. So I, I think we will be very competitive up there. I think our teams will will really improve the quality of the competition. The big question now is, um, like obviously, the Cheetahs are very upset at the prospect that they might be dropped. Um, and they currently do have an agreement to be playing Pro 14 Rugby until 2023. So there might be a legal battle down the line. Um, so this is kind of what I want to get to next, right? So should there be some way for us to determine who are the four teams that are going to be playing, as opposed to Saru just saying, all right, our Super Rugby franchises are going to play there? Now, just a short word on that, like, the precedent is not good for the cheaters trying to win a legal battle to stay in the competition, because the force tried that, and even finished in second in the Australian Conference, plus their legal battle didn't save them from being actual super rugby, so, yeah, I think they're going to need to rely on, the current idea is, as we mentioned, is using the Curry Cup as a qualification for Pro 16, so 
so that each year the top four teams go into it, are going to Pro, 4, uh, Pro 16. And I think that's a good way to go about it because an issue with the Curry Cup is that once you get two, three like, top contenders, some of the other teams lose interest. But if you can qualify for European competition or international competition, there's going to be a bigger drive to continue to perform well. I think that added another level of intrigue. What do you think? I think it's a cool idea, right? And particularly if we if we get all our eight franchises to play in the Curry Cup, then there's even another option that you can do, right? So the NBA this year, um, you know, with the season being cut short, they decided to do a little play-in tournament within the tournament, right? So over there, the top eight teams qualify for the playoffs. But they decided to bring in a, a like like a special occasion this year that if the ninth team is within a certain amount of uh, games to the eighth team, that they will then be given the opportunity to play the eighth team to qualify instead of their place. So it's kind of like a like a little play-in thing. And what they had to do is it was two games. I think they had to win both games against the the team seated higher than them to qualify so you could do something similar uh between the fourth and fifth position you know because uh, that would give a little bit more incentive for the team to even make you know to get into the fifth spot you know so because you want those lower teams to fight until the end so you could have the fifth team you will give them an opportunity to play the fourth seed you could make it um you know, like like a sort of a series on its own at the end of the day. Um, it's two games like we always do. Um, right, you either win both games or, or you can say, you know, the team that's fifth needs to win both games to qualify um, in the fourth place rather than the one at the end of the end of the regular season. Like that could be something to provide a little bit more incentive, but I'm totally fine if they just decide the top four teams, you know, at the end of the day, make it through i think that would be reasonable the only factor being um for this year would be where are the springboks going to be and maybe you can talk a bit about that yeah well a big thing that's been coming from the pro the pro 16 14 what do you want to call them their side is that if we're going to have a curry cup where the springboks leave halfway through to go and play in the rugby championship uh, um they're they're not happy for it to be used as a qualifier which is fair because if teams are going to suddenly lose their spring books, then it like it taints the results. And for the Pro 16, they're going to want the spring books there all the time. So that is where us going to the eight nations instead of rugby championship would be a benefit because then the Curry Cup could be used as a qualifier and then the Cheetahs do stand a good chance at upsetting the Lions or maybe even the Bulls to take that fourth spot and qualify. So... Now you can see how the Pro 16 and the eight nations could complement each other well and work well for us in the end to make sure that we have an intriguing way to qualify for the Pro 16 and competitive teams in that Pro 16. Uh, personally, I've, I've felt for a long time, if you're going to play international competition, there needs to be qualification for it. just automatically getting in each time. Like There's no incentive then to really perform and push yourself. So... That's a way that cheetahs could still actually qualify for Pro 16, even with the Super Rugby teams being introduced. Yeah, I think without aligning the World Rugby calendar 
um, we would have to play Pro 16 and eight nations, right? Playing Pro 16 and Rugby Championship and then considering, you know, um, Curry Cup being used as a qualification system to get into the Pro 16, it, it just wouldn't work, you know, because players are going to be lost um, halfway through the Curry Cup. So that would make sense. Um, if the global calendar does get aligned, then you could maybe see, all right, it's fine. We can play Pro 16 and then we can still play Rugby Championship. That would be okay, but only if the seasons are aligned. If that's not the case, um, then it really will benefit us better to do the Pro 16 and hopefully the Eight Nations becomes a regular thing. That to me would make sense and it would um, solve the problem. And then we can have a really strong domestic competition uh, with a Curry Cup played with all Springboks. I think that would be the best case scenario for us. Like we really, really need to get um, our domestic competition back up to standard again. I think all countries need to focus a little bit more on their domestic competitions because it has seen, seemed like um, countries were sort of substituting these competitions like Super Rugby, for example, um, to kind of replace their domestic competition. So the emphasis has moved to Super Rugby, where now here in South Africa, we've kind of seen, um, you know, the interest in the Curry Cup dwindle over the last couple of years because teams are really just focused on Super Rugby um, because that's where the real money was. Um, but I think it would be important for the countries to actually use their domestic structure to better feed into the international competitions as opposed to just focusing on the international competitions. Yeah, I've I've always remained a fan of the Curry Cup. Like I've always kept watching, but I do understand why a lot of people have stopped because you don't see the Springboks. Like I found the intrigue in seeing new up and comers coming through there, but I can really see it from a general fan perspective that if you're not seeing the best players there, why do you want to watch? And I mean, I still think Curry Cup has been fairly strong, but if you look at, I think the biggest case is Australia, the National Rugby Championship. No one cares about that. And that's a big problem. That's probably a big source of why their rugby is struggling with viewership and performance. So if this, if all of this does end up with a move to focus more on domestic competition, uh, just for the qualification to a bigger tournament, I think that's going to be a win-win. Yeah. When, when I look at all of this stuff, this stuff the, the, pro, the expanded Pro 16 and the potential for eight nations going forward, I think all of these can benefit us a lot. Um, and it would really create the opportunity for us to then have our Springboks play in our domestic competition as well. I think this is a win-win all around. Um, and it will be a win for them because we bring massive viewership numbers here from South Africa. So... The Pro 16 is going to benefit from from the viewership deals that goes down because, you know, particularly if you consider that, you know, so Africans wouldn't need to go and watch a game, you know, either five o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, you know, like we're now talking about watching matches from three o'clock in the afternoon onwards again, which is prime time rugby viewing time in South Africa. Guys want to pry and watch a game, you know, so. For us going to into that competition, like it's a big win for us, and it's going to be a massive win for them financially, you know, to get our viewership coming through there. Uh, but on that, right, do you have any final thoughts on on this expanded Pro Sixteen? 
I'm very intrigued to see how it all goes down and how we perform playing against, you know, Ireland, Scotland, Italy, those guys. I think that's going to be very interesting to watch. I think it's going to benefit both the tournament itself, raising its prestige and South Africa as a nation. And I think one of the other benefits is that you're going to see a bigger, a large amount of people going to attend games than we've had before. There's something new, something exciting, and something that has more meaning than what the Perry Cup or Pro 14 has had before. So I think yeah. I can only really see positives out of this. It's going to be a shame not to see like Sharks versus Hurricanes or whatever again, but it is what it is. Got to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, I mean, probably the only people who are going to be sad about this is um, all the Cape Town people that support the New Zealand sides. Oh, yeah, they can't um, see the Crusaders team, huh? Right. Um, but, you know, we really don't care about you guys supporting the Crusaders. So, <laughs> tough. Uh, sorry, Sebastian. <laughs> right, you can, you can find another team to support now. Maybe you can support the Stormers, you know. There you go. <laughs> right, there you go. Um, I think this is a big win. Um I think it's quite exciting. I'm, I'm keen to see our teams play against other teams. Um, I actually think that, um, yeah, as soon as we join this thing, don't be surprised to see South African team in the final. That's all I'm going to say. Don't be surprised. We're good. All right, but let's end it off there. Okay, so we have a couple of quick tap articles. Uh, some of these are quite interesting. We're, we're going to start off with one that, uh, you know, you really don't think you would see. Uh, but there's this video that featured a Fijian team that punched a referee, broke his nose in a match. And the, the irony in this whole thing is that he was set to go play in the NRL. But because of the pandemic, um, you know, for him to go over to Australia, uh, that was kind of pushed back. And the only reason he went to go play in the game was because he wasn't able to go over to Australia. Uh, and then there was a disagreement with the referee. He literally just walks up to the referee, punches him, right? So, Jason, I, I want to get your opinion on this, right? Just what do you think happened here? I mean, even if you go past the fact of, Rugby is a sport where we respect our referee, even during when they do outrageous things. We still respect our referee. You don't shout at them, don't like shout them down, and you definitely don't lay your hands on them. Uh, this referee was a teenager as well, and in the video you can actually see the ref was talking to other players. This guy came far from the side, cowardly punched out of nowhere. Uh, this guy, like it's despicable. They're saying he's going to face a life ban and. I can agree with that. I mean, imagine a couple of years down the line when he's getting a lot more muscle mass on. He does that to a referee. He can cause permanent damage to that guy's face. Like that's just that's just not on. Like honestly. Yeah, um, I think a life ban seems adequate, um, particularly because the referee wasn't even talking to him. Like he was talking to the other players, and he just walks up there and punches the referee, right? Um, in, in many ways, you can also label that as a somewhat cowardly act, um, you know, because he completely blindsided the referee. And for that, I think, you know, a lifetime ban is, is adequate. I also think the NRL should seriously reconsider, you know, this signing this person. 
um, the NRL, I think, should distance um, themselves from it. Because, like, if you're going to bring him in now, you're bringing in bad press as well. So, yeah, uh, he should get what's coming to him, which is a life ban. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So, you know, given that um, SA rugby franchise are going to be playing in the Pro 16 and so forth, uh, Cheetah Scrum of Ruan Pinar is uh, quite upset at SA Rugby for not being transparent with their plans and leaving all the players in this sort of limbo, particularly the Cheetahs. They don't know what's happening next year, um, where they're going to play, or even if they are going to play. Um, and SA Rugby has failed to communicate with the players. Um, Jason, do you agree with Ruan Pino that, um, yeah, like Saru needs to take a bit of a cop for, for, for poor management of this whole situation? Yeah, and to a greater degree, the poor management of the cheetahs. Like, the cheetahs have had no love from Sara. Like, they were kicked out of Super Rugby, even though they were performing fairly well. They're being kicked out of Pro 14 when they've made the semifinals. Like, it's. And the big thing, like you say, is the transparency. These guys are trying to. These are professionals trying to prepare to do their job, and they can't do that right now because they don't know where they're playing. And there's all this talk of, oh, if the cheetahs aren't in it, we'll find a competition for them. Where? Global Rapid Rugby? Is that the best we're going to do for them? Like, it is. This is a team that deserves more. I can understand his frustration. Right. I mean, on that point. So, what has Saru done to get international competition for the Pumas and Chiquas, which a couple of years back um, obtained franchise status? They've done nothing. Nothing. So... I'm not convinced that Saru is capable of finding another competition for the Cheetahs to go and play in. I'm not confident. So I'm with Ruan Pinar here. Uh, the mere fact that Saru has been poor in the communication with the franchise and the players is unacceptable. Like you say, all of these guys are professionals. They really should know what is going on, uh, what the plans are. And quite frankly, where he says that he feels that there are agendas that have been um, on the table and that they're now using the pandemic as an opportunity to forward these agendas. Yeah, I can I can see why he feels, feels that way because it really does seem that way. Um, they really, really need to take a better approach at communicating with everyone, the players in particular. Thank you for joining us and we hope you liked this episode of the main event. Please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services and leave us a comment. So until next week, stay away from your boys, wash your hands often, drink lots of water and stay safe.